Alright. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And it's duck season! I'm David. Yes, so much like a lot of you, we've been watching uh, a, a, a show involving a uh, a space bounty hunter who uh, travels uh, <laughs> the galaxy with his adorable companions and uh, you know wears an unusual suit of armor and uh, obeys an arcane code of honor. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even connect that, but good job. This is the way, Jen. Yes, honor. Kind of, yeah. I was thinking more, um, Worf when he has a son. Yeah. And it does not go well. <laughs> yeah. But yes, this episode. Yeah, these minicons are way less annoying than Alexander. Yeah, that doesn't take much. <laughs> that Something show could fun. not do kids. He was better than how they wrote, uh, Wesley Crusher. Also, I an mean, example kind. of that show not being good at kids. Yeah, I think Star Trek in general just for, forget about kids mostly. Yeah, yeah, they did, they had no idea do what to do with Wesley after like two episodes, pretty much. Ah, so this episode is hunting season. Uh, what first, season? <laughs> first aired June sixth, twenty fifteen. Uh, written by David McDermott, who previously this is his first episode of Robots in Disguise, but he previously wrote for. Uh, both the original Robots in Disguise. People wrote for that? <laughs> I mean, that, that one was actually well, kind of... I, I thought the dub for that was reasonably okay. Yeah, I mean... It, it was, wasn't as rushed as the shows that came after that for no, the they, dub? They, no, they, they, like, yeah, you know, they, they tried. They halfway did like a gag dub for it. I'm, I'm pretty mm. sure Energon was just going off the Google Translate output. Yes, and it also made every every other word into, uh... Yes. Uh. Uh. Uh, but he also previously wrote several episodes of Prime, uh, including hmm. Nemesis Prime, the one that had Nemesis Prime in it. Oh, that's uh, very... I wasn't expecting that. That was a twist. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Loose Cannons, which was the first one with Dreadwing, speaking of guys with codes of honor. Yes. Hmm. Nice. So, so we open up with with Grimlock discovering acting. <laughs> so cute. Uh, first off, Denny is doing like a, kind of a Fargo thing as a park ranger. Yeah, Ooh. he's he's got the uh, the accent going, and and it just had me thinking about like the geographic location. I was going back to my idea that this is actually. Uh, representational of Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> and then he, he all switches tack to become Inspector Nigel Nigel of uh, Scotland Yard. <sighs> yeah, that, that's it's an accent. And he is joined by Russell, who is the his sidekick, the Duke of Earl. <laughs> Which Almost is, a good joke. Well, it, yes. it's, a, it's a reference to a song that's older than any of us. Yes, Honestly, older. It's a song I grew up with. I know. Honestly, older than these characters. What? what the nineteen forties? My parents liked oldies. Hmm. It was that or country music. Growing up, riding in the truck. Ah. Wow. So it, anyway, Denny, you know, he, he starts to have a very serious heart to heart with his son, which is somewhat undermined by the fact that he's still wearing a giant comical mustache. <laughs> 
And he's like, Russell, I've suddenly realized that I'm actually an adult, and it's maybe my job to prevent you from being crushed by robots. But child endangerment is a staple of this franchise. (laughs) It's like, it's important. It's like Digimon. (laughs) (laughs) That had some serious child endangerment. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, listen, you can't go on any missions with us anymore. You just, you know, you're still going to be part of the team. You just, you know, stay here with Fix-It. And occasionally Grimlock when we're somewhere that we can't bring Grimlock. Which is like everywhere, because he's large. Unless it's automated. (laughs) It's conveniently automated. And above all else, do not make friends with a lion man. It will not end well. Wait, what? (laughs) Digimon. Oh, okay. I was thinking. joke. If I were the king of the forest. Back in, in... Approximately 1999 or 2000, up when when uh, I was like 21, and people would be like, "You're a huge nerd. What's the difference between Pokemon and Digimon?" And I would say, "Child endangerment." Mm-hmm. Listen, I <laughs> listen. Digimon is just horny fan art of Pokemon. <laughs> yes. I can't disagree there. That that does exist. Digimon is. Like dark, edgy Pokemon. Yeah, because man, those kids are just constantly in mortal peril. Whereas over in Pokemon, you just got these cute little things jumping around and headbutting each other, and children aren't in danger at all. <laughs> also, children are like turning into turning into stuff. I don't know what's going on with Digimon. Only in some of the series, <laughs> a lot. It was more like merging with your pet monster, kind of. A lot is going on. Like I Digimon. said, horny Pokemon fan art. Yes, same. Someone's into same. this. Anyway. It turns out hey, this uh, this father son heart to heart is interrupted by the fact that there is once again a problem, and this time it does not appear to be coming from Alcamore escapees because two Cybertronian ships have landed by a nearby hunting lodge. Yep, it ships this time and not just uh, stasis pods activating. Mm-hmm. And yes, oh, and at at one point, uh, Russell says, "Epic fail." Yes, he says which that is if like oh. We're getting closer and closer to modern slang. <laughs> yes. Oh, what is the what is the first Transformers series that will have sus in it? Oh god. <laughs> Counterpunch sus. <laughs> I mean Listen, he did I'm too like old. People have to stop coming up with new words. <laughs> I can't keep track of them. Sorry, that's the way language works. What's it's the current one is one I, I grasp really quickly and, and like a nice goofy one. It's very useful right now. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, so Orange they... Orange sus. Vote him out. Yeah, so, we're, so we're not sure exactly if it's hunting season or what, but we are leaving Russell behind and we're leaving Grimlock behind. Hmm. I like that, that Denny has to kind of explain to Bumblebee why we're leaving Russell behind and Bumblebee kind of gets it but doesn't quite because Bumblebee is definitely part of the long franchise tradition of child endangerment so he's like 
why wouldn't you take the kid along on dangerous missions? Listen, we we took them along all the time in the last show. Once one of them murdered a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it ruined. I mean, my, mine got horribly energon poisoned in my own back seat. <laughs> and he was fine. Yeah. Eventually. He doesn't put up a big fight about it, but he is a little like, okay, sure. It is kind of weird that Bumblebee, who has experience with small children, doesn't have, isn't going along with that as quickly. He's like, yeah, sure, let's endanger the child. I mean, it, hey, we're, we we did like three seasons of Prime. It, it did exactly. work. Exactly. They but... took them to Cybertron. Yes. It's a lot more than taking them down to the automated dam. Yeah, he, he was almost eaten fight, by Insecticons. Like, yeah. So he's... I don't... Wouldn't necessarily... I mean, I guess this is a writer who wrote some episodes of Prime. Yes. So he is probably writing Bumblebee as that Bumblebee. So it's not like, oh, it's just a coincidence that he doesn't quite seem to get it. Because, yeah, he's, there there may be a... The writer... Is, is aware that Bumblebee would not quite get that, but isn't going to stand around and, like, insist he explain it to him. So so they go up, up to this hunting lodge. Nobody's there uh, because it's not hunting season, so Denny drops the title. <laughs> uh, very, very helpful, Denny. Thank you. And now it's time to sell some toys. <gasps> new toys, new no, toys. Not just new toys, new gimmicks. That's right. Yeah. So first off, this is we've got a very gimmicky episode. So first off, we've got Fracture. <gasps> he is basically nope, a totally new character. Fracture. Yeah, he's using yeah. a name that was a name applied to knockoff Crasher. Yes. From oh, what that was? That was a that first or second movie toy. I think first. Yeah, that movie. was one of those. But it was movie it, subline yeah. like Walmart exclusive classics redeco yes. things. Mm-hmm. But uh, this uh, this fracture is a dude, and he is voiced by the uh, the ever snarky sounding Kevin Pollock. Oh, what Kevin? That's Kevin. Pollock? Kevin Pollock. Oh, of, sure uh, is. The Usual Suspects. Uh, the movie Willow, which I have not seen. He definitely has a very, like, special guest star voice, I yes. thought. Was, uh, wasn't he in, like, one of those alien monster knockoff movies? Or am I thinking of the wrong actor? Alien monster knockoffs. Like, like the alien comes to Earth, someone has to kill it. Shit. Or am I thinking of the wrong actor? Predator? No, no <laughs> not Predator, but a Predator knockoff. Like an Asylum Films? Well, it would have been in the like, 80s? Not that I can think of, but he is uh, in... Um, what he is in is uh, End of Days, where he Ooh. plays um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's sidekick, who then gets who gets killed by Satan and then brought <laughs> back to life evil by Satan. Uh, I, th- I think Pluto's had that movie recently, but I haven't actually like sat there and watched it. It's worth watching because it's incredibly stupid. It that I I remember it coming out and me kind of wanting to see it because it was an action movie, but then hearing it was incredibly stupid in like the newspaper, like the print newspapers <laughs> movie reviews. Extra, to extra. Fair, Schwarzenegger like, movie is stupid. 
to be fair, I was reading like the Washington Post at that point. So it was at least fairly like it wasn't like the local free newspapers movie review by some unpaid 20 year old intern. I mean, to give you an idea how how stupid this movie is, Schwarzenegger is a cop who fights Satan. His name is Jericho Kane. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's such a good name. And by good, I mean not good. Uh, it's me, Jericho Kane. You must help me uh, find Satan. It's not. It's not. It's not good. It's uh. He, he's uh. He's teaming up with like that girl from the craft who Satan wants to impregnate. Hmm. At one point, Schwarzenegger fights Miriam Margoyles. <laughs> Hilarious movie, and uh, but Pollock probably is maybe best known as a stand-up comedian and a big celebrity. Imp- uh, impressionist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, not really doing a celebrity impression here. He does an amazing, um, an amazing Alan Arkin. Yeah, he's not, this isn't like, I don't know, back in the day. I, I, I'm thinking like back in the day, but then I'm thinking like Tiny Toon Adventures, where it's just constant celebrity impressions. Yes. No, it's not like that. But I recommend you look up a routine where he's he does his Alan Arkin impression and calls Alan Arkin and le- starts leaving answering machine messages <laughs> from himself. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. At one point, Arkin starts calling him. Listen, you've got to stop leaving these messages. I, I think I'm going insane. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he's also very purple and spiky. Yeah. And he turns into a sick hover bike. Fracture, not his voice actor. Yes. <laughs> Kevin Pollock is a short man with a beard. Yes. Now, Fracture has like almost like a punk spiked mohawk. Yeah. And then he also has two minicons, Air Razor and Dive Bomb. Yes. Uh so so they I do like how they're like his shoulder pauldrons, and then they just come flying off and turn into little dudes. Yes. Kind of little goblin dudes. Yeah, one's got yes. four like, There's legs? one guy who's basically humanoid, Three but he's legs? got, like, long legs. And yeah, one guy has, like, four legs. And, like, he doesn't... He kind of... Like, his head is sort of sunken into his neck. Yeah. And they kind of have, like, little monster voices. Uh, one of them is just Carrie Payton, but the other is Roger Craig Smith. Who is uh, apparently he's the current Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, 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 okay. But like, n- not but in Jaleel that movie. White. Well, in the cartoons. But Jaleel White. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it had stopped being Jaleel White, but maybe Jaleel White got too expensive. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> I suspect that Jaleel White's price probably peaked around. I'm going to say 1995. You mean when they got him the first time? Yes. They got him at the height of his powers. (laughs) Yes. Uh, A time when you could just say, did I do that? And people just burst into gales of laughter. (laughs) I remember those days. That was, that was a sad time. Also, I, uh, I appreciate, I was just pulling him up on uh, the TF wiki. And the TF Wiki page for Roger Craig Smith has him in a Sonic costume. It's pretty cute. (laughs) 
And on the other side, we have Drift, a fairly recent addition to the Transformers mythos, but uh, became quite popular. And this is his first time in animation. Um, I don't like this drift. Well, no. what, it, what he is similar to is the drift from the live-action movies. Yes. Yeah. Except he's actually a character, unlike anyone from the live-action movies, and that characterization is a huge asshole. <laughs> yeah, he he's very he's very wharf. I I am great I mean, warrior race, but layered with thick coating of samurai cliches. Yes. Yes. He is your disapproving Asian dad. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I mean, he is actually played by a person, I believe, of Japanese heritage. So uh, yes, I guess uh, Eric Bowser, okay. who uh, I guess took a break from uh, from ruling the Mushroom Kingdom. Yes. <laughs> I feel that I've asked this before. Is, ba- is Bowser the same thing as Koopa? No. Do- so there's a guy who's Bowser, and then Koopa is a different guy. Well, Koopas, no, Koopas are the are turtles. Just a... I th- Wait, is there yeah. a King Koopa? Well, isn't there a King Koopa? Yeah, isn't that a guy? Uh... And is that the same guy as Bowser? I don't think so. I don't believe so. But if you want, I can like contact my nephews, <laughs> and <laughs> he could probably explain. Okay, apparently Bowser is also called King Koopa sometimes. Okay. But there's I mean, that's also fair like because he is a King Koopa king. who looks like a that green was... Bowser. I thought Bowser mm-hmm. was green. Well, no, he's got a green shell, but he's mostly yellow. Okay. He's more of a dragon I'm... turtle, the green okay, guy. Because I know King Koopa is What's the one who was um, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I just remembered that movie existed. <laughs> anyway, Eric Bowser is a very prolific voice actor. Uh, currently, he is all of the Beagle Boys Ooh. on uh, on the new DuckTales. I do remember reading uh, around when this was, you know, had been the, the casting announcements, and he was pretty hyped to play this character, so. Yeah, I guess he called, like, dibs when they, in, in, in the off chance that there was an animated drift. Yes. Mm. Because, uh, of course, the movie one is Ken Watanabe. Yes. So Who, which, I, who you, is doing as much as he can to make that into a character. Yeah. Yes. Kind of, yeah, but he's and also like, slathering on his accent to maximum. Well, and he does have the best line in Age of Extinction. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I don't remember enough about Age of Extinction to know what you're going to say. Uh, so. No, it, it is actually a, a, a good line. It's, it's when Grimlock transforms for the first time into a robot mode, and he thought, oh, I thought he was going to turn into a giant car. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember that, but then I've forgotten a lot of those movies. That's pretty good. And he's he's the current splinter on that uh, Ninja, Ninja Turtles cartoon that's on now. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I think I remember seeing that. So, yeah, he yeah, is he was, all over the place. He was very enthusiastic to have this character in a show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is not so much the the hippie himbo or I guess the the edgy weeaboo himbo IDW drift. <laughs> this is definitely more movie inspired though. Yes. Not in uh 
like his appearance is very different apart from just looking extremely samurai-ish yeah. he's like bright orange well, yes. black and orange like uh, he fits with the pattern of the team in that their major color is black with an accent of primary yes. color that's fair mm-hmm. and he also has two adorable minions uh <gasps> They're so cute. Yeah. Uh, that is Jetstorm and Slipstream. They're both little adorable samurai guys, and both of them are Roger Craig Smith. They're so adorable. I love them. <laughs> sons. Chris, tiny sons. His sons who he does not approve of. No. <laughs> well, they're not literally his sons. They're two criminal petty thieves or something that he kind yes, of he, adopted. Yes, he took them in. Yes, as as uh, they will reveal later in the episode, uh, they're basically adorable minicon street urchins. They're, they're who... a pair of Jason Todds. Yes. They're probably yes, trying to steal are. his tires. Yes. <laughs> so, but but they are being good little students, and they're so cute. All of these minicons are so cute, and I can't deal with it. Yeah, so they are like little disc minicons, and the the and fractures are like little torpedo guys. Yeah. Yes, drifts clip onto his arms. Well, in the show, uh, no. none of the toy versions exactly work like they do in the show. Well, no, sadly. And that was why I never bought any of the toy versions. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> There's, wait, maybe, I might have the smaller fracture one, maybe, I think. You can't make something the, this- The earth mode drift is actually, or the earth mode um, fracture is actually really cool. Oh, okay. You can't make something this toyetic and not have it be very, very accurate. No. I guess the problem with the launching is you don't want to, like, have them be able to launch into somebody's eyeballs. Well, no, that, that's that's the thing. Like, but the I toy do. versions were focused on the launching gimmick ability- and not the, oh, we got cute little guys that can clip on to other guys. Uh, I actually think there's a specific mechanism in them so that you can only launch them when they're on the, when they're on a surface. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. bizarre. So I got, you can't fire them into your sister's eyes. I got, maybe I did get the fracture one. I think I have one of the toys that launches things, but I forget which one. Oh, wait, no, I know. It's a guy that shows up way later. Oh, I never got that guy. I wanted that guy. Well, it's one of the guys. It, it's not the frog one. I wanted the frog one, but I can never find well, it. Well, no, no. It's the other guy. We are going to see him, sort of, in the next episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I got. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, they are... It turns out both Drift and Fracture are bounty hunters. Oh! <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Just... I, I feel like, at this point, you could just... Put like a little parenthetical note that says like insert Jen's usual complaining about Transformers bounty hunters <laughs> being actually I mean okay so as as they will point out apparently Jazz has not gotten back to Cybertron yet mm. uh, to explain what Bumblebee is doing uh, because the council they presumably. Autobot Council has sent bounty hunters after him, one of whom is a Decepticon, and like all of this. Okay, how honorable is it to be 
a bounty hunter to begin with. Like, yeah, are you doing this for money drift? Okay, well, actually, that first one is going to make sense much, much later. Ha. Well, it's good. It will make sense eventually. I mean, Fracture is... A mercenary? I guess my only... My only concern with Fracture is that he is clearly open, openly identifying as a Decepticon. He's and that purple, yes! Listen, it, it is it is my Decepticon heritage. It does not stand for hate. <laughs> but it does, though. Uh, but how about the other parts of your Decepticon heritage that aren't hate? Uh, but, yeah, like, is the Autobot Council paying Decepticons to chase down Autobots who have run- not even gone rogue? Because there's no, I mean... I guess they do say, or Drift does say, that Bumblebee is believed to have kidnapped Strongarm yes. and Sideswipes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess they may think he's dangerous. Well, they are bounty hunters, so presumably there was a bounty posted somewhere and they just picked it up and it's like, whoever gets it, fine. which does seem a weird mm-hmm. way to get them back. It doesn't but- seem like a thing you do when you're the Autobot Council. <laughs> But Again, this will make sense way down the road. All right, well, I will buckle up and and be ready for that. But yes, I guess I. And I mean, I guess as far as the honor thing goes, I mean, the, again, I go back to the Mandalorian. Hmm. That's, that's he, he definitely fair. has that code of honor, but yes. he's also a bounty hunter. He is also a bounty hunter. I guess maybe if they played up Drift more like a Ronin and less like a samurai, but then yeah, I guess the only difference there is whether your master has died. Master. Wait, it's also shamefully. very weird because like there has not, and even in the last series, there there wasn't as much of an indication of money being an important thing on Cybertron. So why? I mean, I can understand why a Decepticon does it, maybe, but uh, why mm-hmm. why is an Autobot out for bounties? I mean, we've seen all sorts of Decepticon criminals who are presumably, you know, robbing banks and stuff. Yeah. Also, I I just want to to add a disclaimer that probably somewhere around eighty percent of what I understand about feudal Japanese culture is just from reading Usagi Yojimbo. <laughs> there, yeah, there is that, yeah. Which is not a bad tutorial. No. And, uh, it, it actually helped me in my senior year of high school when my English class did an old Japanese play. <laughs> And I kind of understood what was going on better than most people because I had read Usagi Yojimbo. Because Stan Sakai does his research. Yes. That's right. Yes, he does. Speaking of honoring your heritage, except the good parts. <laughs> With rabbits. So so, so these two are fighting. Um, the two little guys are fighting, which always amuses me when they pair the little guys up. It's like that scene in Transformers the movie. I thought the, that, yeah. I thought that too, and that's always been, you know, as came up in our epic three hour long discussion of Transformers <laughs> the movie, like ever since I was a kid, that was one of my favorite little bits was was Perceptor and you know, Blaster like helping Perceptor up while the little cassettes were running around shooting at each other. Such good little animation. So yeah, the uh, Bumblebee recognizes Drift. Apparently they met once in K-On! Which and, seems a little uh, so, odd. Eh, so so they they join up uh, with uh, with Drift. There's a pretty amusing bit where Sideswipe uh, 
tells one of these minicons to pick on someone not your own size, <laughs> and then is subsequently terrorized by him. <laughs> yes. Uh, that one, I, I had to, uh, see, I think I've mentioned before how I'll, I'll make up like a good little mnemonic for remembering characters whose names might be hard to remember which one is which. I cannot come up with anything really good for these except that Dive Bomb has a vaguely bat-shaped head. <laughs> yeah. So, this is Dive Bomb because he has a vaguely bat-shaped head and he just starts like, clawing away at Sideswipe's arm and he's like maybe that was a bad idea and lets him go yes so eventually though Fracture and his boys decide that uh, you know discretion is the better part of Valor and they bug out uh, heading off in their pretty cool spaceship Uh, I like how extremely bad guy colored the interior is (laughs) yes he is he's leaning into it all the way and he also, he turns into a sick hover bike. Yes, he is a very sweet hover bike. Okay, he looks like something that, uh, you know, Death's Head or Cosmic Ghost Rider should be riding. Yes. Or, or Lobo. Yes, definitely very, very too, Lobo. Definitely too nice for something the Mandalorian would be riding. Yes. This is like the nicer, this is what the Mandalorian would initially be riding, but he'd mm-hmm. get this after it's been, like, been sitting in the desert for 20 years. Yes. And vaguely fixed by Amy Sedaris. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, so Drift is all, hey, Bumblebee, I, I'm familiar with you, and in fact, uh, I'm here to collect the bounty on you. But, because you saved my life, I now owe you a Chewbacca-esque life debt. Yeah, apparently yes. uh, he's a he's a Japanese he's a Wookie Wooby. He's a Wookie Weeaboo. And he is also extremely he's also a real jerk because Denny introduced himself and he's a bumblebee, your pet is extremely rude. <laughs> he is he's such an asshole, I hate him. <laughs> no, he says your pet has poor manners. Yes. What an asshole. <laughs> so they, they get to the scrapyard and Drift is all, this place absolutely sucks. I can't believe you live here. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I can't just let you live here like this when I have a life debt to you. I have to go, like, audit your security. It's, it's bad. Such a jerk. And also, you, you know, you... He describes the team as inex- as an inexperienced law officer, a juvenile delinquent, an oafish dinobot, a damaged minicon, and your human pets. <laughs> yes, he's such a jerk. Oh, he's such a. And jerk. I, I like that side. I like that sideswipe defends strongarm by saying, "Hey, strongarm is not oafish." <laughs> yeah, it's like he he does stand up for her, but wait, that was the wrong. He was no, that wasn't oafish about dinobot. Well. Yes, that's that's the joke. I think that yeah. oh, okay. is kind of a, <laughs> just, is kind of a dinkus. Kind of went over my head. I was being distracted by a cat in my lap for most of this episode, pretending <laughs> that he thought that he was calling Strongarm an oafish Dinobot. <laughs> Very cute. He is once again body shaming her. Yes. So yeah, they're, so they're showing him around. He's certain that Fracture is going to strike. And indeed, Fracture is spying on them with a bunch of little robot bugs. 
when did he even set all this stuff up? I he's mean, very I guess, devious. I guess the bug flew in, but he's got like little like traps and stuff that yes. he's already gotten set up. And meanwhile, uh, Russell introduces himself to the minicons and shows them the concept of fun. <laughs> yes. And also, Jetstorm reveals himself as the one... I, I remembered from... I did watch some of this when it was coming out. I remembered that only one of them really has any character. Uh, and, and Jetstorm is the one who has some character, because his character is that he is insecure. Yes. He... he tells them all that he is a constant disappointment to their master. I'm just like, aw, I too am a constant disappointment, Jetstorm. It's okay. And also, Russell has way better video games than the uh, than the Prime kids. Yes. Yes, he yeah. has upgraded from some, like, bad, like, Atari Spy Hunter-esque yes. thing. Well, kind of, like, it's hard to tell what kind of game it is, unless it's, this is like, oh, what is the EVE Online? Is that the space one? Oh, my You're God. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I, I have... I'm not asking you, I was asking Jeff. <laughs> it is, yeah, EVE Online is in space. That's the spreadsheet one. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's the one that's all, like, 50-something ex-military guys tabbed out making, like... Because you have, like, really long travel distances, but then it actually makes you travel them. Yeah. Or sucks you into a pocket dimension or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, the, the graphics are, are decent. They, they actually look like they're consistent with the show it's in. As opposed yes. to looking yes. like uh, 1980s game. I mean, to be fine. fair, the console the Prime kids were playing on could have been something that, like... Raph salvaged from a dumpster somewhere. Entirely possible. Or it was left over in the old military base, but it was just Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna we, vote for old military base. Yeah, we, we left this behind after Granada. Yes. But yes, he he tells them that they're they're going to they're going to play, and one of them says, What is play? <laughs> like, oh no, you precious babies. Good and precious children. Uh, anyway, so soon enough, the base is indeed under siege. The, the power goes out. There are mysterious uh, life signs coming from uh, all corners of the base. And soon enough, indeed, Strongarm gets uh, fooled by a uh, booby-trapped Cybertronian D-pad. <laughs> yes. I get... Is that like a Nintendo controller? Yeah. It appears to be like a you know a tablet of some oh. sort. Oh, it's a joke on the iPad. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I was like, that's some kind of that's like the little four thingy. I am not good with words tonight. The little mm -hmm. cross shaped uh, controller piece. Yes. And, and Grimlock gets caught in a snare, and uh, pretty soon Sideswipe and Denny get captured by Fracture himself. Oh no, they're pets! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's also at this point that Drift straight up spears one of these tiny insect-sized drones with a sword, which is pretty sick. Yeah, he, he does uh, just jab it right out of the air, which you would think would just sort of make it 
go dank and fly off some other direction. But no, he manages to skewer it because he's just that cool. That's right. Oh. So yeah, there is uh so yeah, there there's a big battle, fracture is all you know, he comes in via ground bridge, which is it's one cool. of the first times we've seen this on this show. Or I think the first time we've seen a working one on this show. Well, yeah, well, there, there was the one they got here in and there was well, the I guess that was a space one. bridge. And there was the one oh, that Oh right, ground bridge. Uh, right, this is the first ground bridge. Previously we've seen a space bridge that they got there on, and another space bridge that Thunderhoof tried to build and did not work. I think they've referred to ground bridges as a thing that would be very useful, but which they do not have. Hmm. Yes. Also, so we don't... when Fracture shows up here, there's this pan up from his feet, and I noticed that he's got these little spiky details on his feet that make him look like he's wearing, like, purple bunny slippers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Bumblebee gets a bunch of junk dropped on him. I think uh, at one point Russell's or Denny says that these are his 1953 Vendo risers. Yeah, which you like, know, Vendo risers. Sure. And it, and Drift doesn't really do anything about Denny being captured because he's or you know Russell is very upset because Denny has been captured and he's all, well, sorry about your dad, but I don't have a life debt to him. <laughs> he's such a jerk. Yeah. He is such a jerk. He he is a bad person. Yeah, he, he's amazingly unlikable in this episode, which is is saying something when you have sideswipe right there. <laughs> <laughs> sideswipe at least usually means well. Yeah, yeah. kind of. <laughs> he's a jerk kid, but he, he's yes. sideswipe is just words. an affable troublemaker. Drift he's not is like mean jerk. Drift is Worf at his worst. Yes. Well, I'm, and I'm sure he doesn't think he's being mean. He just thinks, well, I'm just telling it like it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. He just thinks he's being stern and honest. But and... he has absolutely zero people skills. Yeah, yes. he's not good. He should not be trusted with children, and no. yet he is. Maybe no. that's why he had to go just, like, find some street urchins, because... Whatever the Cybertronian equivalent of adoption services would not let him have a child. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to register as a sensei. <laughs> what's the what what what's the opposite of sensei? What do you call like his students? Is there a word for that? Uh, I don't know. There presumably is a word for that, but I don't know. Students, oh, whatever that translates to. I don't, know. I don't know. I know bits and pieces of Japanese that I've osmosed over years, decades. Yeah, I, I, I know that kaikaku means plan. <laughs> yes, it's yes, an it important does. lesson that all have all of us have learned. I mostly just know genre names. <laughs> anyway, so Bumblebee gets a bunch of stuff dropped on him, and Drift just tells his minicons, no matter what, protect Bumblebee. Everybody else here, they don't matter. I don't have a life debt to them. <laughs> Such jerk. He just uses this life debt as an excuse to be even more of a jerk. Yeah, and meanwhile, you know, Denny and, uh, or sorry, and R Russell and Fixit are being menaced by the monstrous air razor. Yes. And finally, you know, Jetstorm does decide that he's going to help them out. And also, 
Russell remembers this video game and he decides he's gonna he's gonna bluff fracture a little. Meanwhile, Drift is having his ass kicked. Yes. Like he gets a grenade planted on him. I mean if this were Beast Wars, uh Fracture would just be hacking his limbs off, but we're not getting that on this show. <laughs> his his head would just go flying and just land in a crevice somewhere. <laughs> But for a brief shining instant, Russell almost saves the day. He projects this video game up and he's all, hey, hey we've summoned a, uh, we've summoned an armada from Apropos 4. <laughs> yes. Oh, I that's what he that. said. That's, that's even sadder. It's pretty cute. <laughs> Unfortunately, at that point, a uh, game over shows up on the screen and uh, <laughs> blows up his spot. Hmm. However, this has given them enough, this has given, uh, the Autobot miniguns enough time to steal Fracture's own ride. Yes. Mm. So they let the Autobots go. Fracture is once more outnumbered and he's all, alright, well fine then. I'm gonna blow up my own ship. Oh no, so he... now he's gonna be stuck on Earth. And then he uses ninja tricks to blind them as he gets away. Mm. And then the shipyard, and then the ship just straight up crashes in the scrapyard. I guess you could see this as like a samurai versus ninja rivalry. Yeah, yeah, and, and we do get kind of some anime e touches in the animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the fights pretty. Uh, it's pretty. Yeah, the the fights in this episode are very good. Uh, uh, Fracture kind of has like wrist swords. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Drift has a bunch of samurai swords. Yes, he is very weeaboo. He's got all all the necessary swords, all the swords associated with his stereotype. I'm, you I'm underestimate me, Fracture. I've been to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's just some guy with a samurai sword that he bought at the mall. No. That's also where I got this mustache. <laughs> yes. Because oh yeah, he, he does has have like, a mustache. Not quite a Fu Manchu, but well, it's, it's like a mustache that like droops down and then curls up to sort of become a beard. Yeah. Yeah. Which again is very. It's a lot more movie drift than himbo comic book drift. Yes, himbo comic drift is entirely clean shaven. Yes. As is appropriate for a himbo. Yes. So, you know, they the, the ship is crashed, drift, and they can salvage a ground bridge from it, so that's cool. Also, no one is going to notice there just being a crashed ship in this junkyard, so <laughs> yeah. that, that checks I, out. Yeah, they just strip that thing for parts right away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they now, that's like... An important continuity point is now they have a functional ground bridge. Yes, so we don't have to drive to South America again. <laughs> yes. Yay, mid-season upgrade. Yeah, th- this feels like it should have happened earlier, especially with uh, that South American trip. Yes. It should have come first. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Uh... But then they wouldn't have been able to drive down there, and Strongarm wouldn't have been able to notice Bumblebee following her. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been a lot harder to do that with the ground bridge. It could have yes. said, like, oh, we haven't entirely fixed it yet. It's limited to one continent, so we still have to drive half the way or something. Uh. Eh. 
Anyway, so Drift is all, yeah, well, you know, I, you did repay my, I've repaid my life debt, but now I realize that you are honorable, and so I'm not going to turn you into the council for a stern talking to. <laughs> because they do explain that he's, he just, you know, he turns over prisoners to the Autobot Council so they can learn the error of their ways. I don't know sure. that that necessarily is a euphemism for a stern talking to. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism for jail time. <laughs> uh, but before they leave, to appear in a later episode, Russell is all, hey, so, so you know, they did pretty well, huh? Yes, they performed their duties admirably, and it's just killing him to get it out. Tell your sons you love them, Drift. (laughs) Tell your adorable, precious babies that you love them. They're such good boys. Sensei Drift is really bad with emotions. He cannot praise his Sato Minicons. Yeah, yeah, I looked it up. Oh, is that that the word? Sato? Sato. Well, apparently there are multiple words for student. Depends upon the context. But Sato appears to be the correct one if you're studying under a sensei. Okay. What if you're studying under a senpai? Well, then you're a kohai if you're a junior to the senior. That one I I knew already. I just didn't know. Of course you did. (laughs) And also, you know, because Russell did so well. Denny's decided, hey, you know, child endangerment? Maybe it's actually cool. Maybe it'll be fine if we endanger you. If we Listen, send you out your... against giant alien robots. Listen, it'll only be a problem if we ever see your mother again, and that's clearly not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a Jack's dad situation. Well, except instead of going out for a pack of smokes, she went out for a conference in Copenhagen? Oh, yeah. Just, you know, a conference. Wow. I had forgotten that it was something that should absolutely not last for years and years. (laughs) Yeah. She went to a peace conference and was never seen from again. yes, a peace conference. (laughs) Oh, the never-ending peace conference. You know, peace takes a long time to work out. <laughs> These things are very complicated. Diplomatic things. Especially if your actors decided they wanted more money. Well, they yes. were barely getting paid shit. I mean, I can't blame them. Oh, I'm sure they were basically just hucking cashews at uh, at those people. Yeah, there's like lots of non-union weird shit going on with Power Rangers <laughs> stuff. But, uh, oh. <laughs> Oh, they did reincorporate that into the comic books recently. I forget if they called it the Peace Conference, but eventually those characters did come back as different kinds of galactic rangers or something. I forget what they were exactly Okay. Like Omega Mm. Rangers or something. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, I gotta read more of the comics. They're really good. I hear it's good. Mm -hmm. All right, and I think that does it for hunting season. I, uh, I enjoyed this one. I think I like Fracture as a villain. He's just... And he doesn't have the wackiness of many of the other villains on this show. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just kind of a dick. Yeah, because he's not animal-themed. He's just this dude. Yeah, he's a Decepticon, but he doesn't have an animal theme. Hmm, that's sus. <laughs> it, it is a little... Well, it's going back to the predic- or the Decepticons from the last series. I so guess. Most of them are just he- dudes. He does have a little bit of a uh, of a lockdown feel to him. Yeah, 
but maybe not quite so Lance Henriksen and, you know, his whole, his gimmick is that, that he has little buddies and not that he salvages the limbs of the people who he's capturing. Yes. So a, a slightly friendlier lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. He is at least uh, not just, uh, I mean, I guess, no, he is getting paid. So he's, basically he's not on the DEFCON level of Bounty Hunter where he is just uh, fighting his people's ancestral enemies for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not being the Bounty Hunter DEFCON. No. Yeah, I, um, it's I have very few notes for this episode because mostly it's just introduction to six new characters. Yes. Mostly three, but it's it's okay for an introduction mm. episode. It's fine. There's a fight. There's a weird dynamic drift as a jerk. I mm. think the degree to which I did not like this drift in this show uh, is directly correlates to how excited I was that Cyberverse Drift is IDW Drift. Because uh. I was just like, oh my god, it's the right drift <laughs> this time. <laughs> Uh, but because yeah, like Age of Extinction, I watched once in the theater and could just never bring myself to watch again. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's just the problem so is like you can't really bring IDW Drift into the series because that's already sideswipe without the yeah. ninja layering. Yeah, on top of it. there's a strict one well. himbo limit around here. Yeah, it. This isn't the Lost Light. We have to keep. We have to limit those things. Actually, to be perfectly honest, if you switch drift and sideswipe, that'd be a better workout. Hmm. But then you you have you don't have the sensei student thing. But eh, yes, he well. must have children. He must no, have. And sideswipe is kind of traditionally like a younger guy. Yeah, I guess. But, but the IDW drift is young. Also, a younger guy. Well, that's true. But then also an older guy in. Age of Extinction, because yeah. the Ken Watanabe's pretty old, I think. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this I mean, point in standard uh, chronology. Well, I mean, at that point as well, when they made that movie. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I will say, though, that my blandness about Drift is directly countered by how precious his children are. Yes. Yeah, they're so adorable. it's okay. He does have very good little babies. And he will show up again later. Yes, Spoilers. he will. Of course, we, he's going he's gonna to have both a regular toy and, or his, rather, his Cybertronian mode toy that launches Minicons, and his Earth mode one, which does not. Mm. Yes, I had actually forgotten that he leaves at the end of this episode, like he's not just coming right back pretty soon. But, yeah. Good, good children. I like them a lot. All right, and speaking of precious children, I believe that now takes us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. <laughs> it's for precious children. It's not about precious children. There are no children in this episode. What? Uh, this week on Tokusentai, go, go, five! The Infinity Chain, Grandchildren, and Persimmons? Okay. Uh, th- this... This is... Th- this episode reminds me a lot of some, like, old Beast Wars episodes in a way. Remember when we would have a three-parter and the middle part was often saggy? Yes. That's this episode. Oh. Because it, it's a continuation of the, the infinity card thing the bad guys are doing. Put a card in a monster, it gets attacked by the ranger powers, it absorbs how to defend against them, repeat for three episodes until the card is filled up. 
So this is the middle one. It, um, the monster of the week is Bushido Saima Beast Hagekuren, who's like a ninja blue praying mantis dude. It's kind of an okay design, but like he's just there to get hit over and over with new powers to absorb them. First, the rangers hit him with powers that the last monster from last episode has already absorbed, so they don't work. So they have to try new things. It just... It's following that cycle. But the human drama episode of this episode is... um During the fight, like, a building... Part of a house gets mushed, and then they have to go rescue people around the area. And, uh... What is it? The green ranger rescues some old lady who mistakes him for her grandson... And then the next day he meets her at the hospital and she's like, no, I have no grandson. I don't want to talk about it. Aww. He's like, no, wait, wait, what's going on here? And she's like, give me a million dollars and I'll tell you. It's like, what? No. It's like, no. Literally no. You you rescued me. I'll tell you for free. She had a kid, whatever, parents. They died. So she raised the grandson and he was going to go off to learn to fly in California and then he failed out or something and, and he came back to Japan and now he owes money to Yakuza or something. So I... he's not dead, but he will be soon. I get it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and she's like disappointed in him and he's like, oh, I can't live up to your thing and I don't want to have nothing to do with grandma. It's just I don't care. This is also about unreasonable Japanese familial stat uh expectations yeah like it's <laughs> trying to pull on heartstrings of like oh a, a grandmother raising a grandchild and, and and there's that but they're separated already and he's like college age had gone off to be a pilot and stuff and it's like there's no meat of the story for me to sink my teeth into even though there's there's some good cinematography like when she's telling the flashback it's told with like split screens and, and there's some good camera tricks in there but the overall story i don't care about because i don't care about this guy who owes money to the yakuza i guess yakuza they were shooting at the green ranger when they thought it was the grandson it's like mistaken identity but like he's a punk but not because he's got a fancy suit because apparently he stole money from the yakuza and bought a suit or whatever <laughs> That's what I I would also do if I stole money from the Yakuza is go get some fancy clothes. Yeah, I'm not entirely clear on what happened to him. It feels like there's a backstory we're not told, or at least mm -hmm. I wasn't paying enough attention to any of the details. <laughs> I didn't care. Whatever the 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 monster grows at the end because it, it's absorbed most of the stuff into the Infinity Card to block the Ranger attacks, but not everything. The monster grows at the end because it's the end of a Sentai show. Well, that it, it's the end of a standard episode, but then... <laughs> end of a Toku show. Uh, the punk grandson overhears the, the bad guys, Bug Butler, Pierre, talking to his boss over in, like, a hologram telephone call that I don't think they've ever used before. He says, oh, the, the card's almost filled up and the rangers can't use their attacks. And then, then the punk grandson tells him, uh, you gotta use a different attack you haven't used on him before to kill him and stuff. Do that. Cool. Sure. So that works. And at the end, he does try to steal the card from the butler. But the butler's like, no, I got magic, bitch. <laughs> and that does not work. Butler magic. Uh. 
So it, it it's a saggy middle part of a three-parter and really skippable. And I, I realize I have no idea what a persimmon tastes like. And I don't think I want to find out because it basically just looks like a tomato. I think they're just like sour fruits. Yeah, that that doesn't sound fun and appetizing. But but seeing an entire grocery bag dropped dramatically on the floor when when you see your grandmother has a new substitute grandson in the form of the Green Ranger giving her a back rub. Does he have the the outfit on or is no, he, he in was, plain clothes? He's in plain clothes with like like Oh, that's that's not as fun army camo pants is, uh. <laughs> just come in and your mom your grandma's getting a back rub from some guy in spandex yeah it's a helmet full head helmet it, it's a, the, the the only high point of the episode is for one scene one scene kyoko's back the, the hey. oscar's voice actress for one very tiny scene and then she's just gone <laughs> Alas. But it's like, I, I don't think she's been in... God, it has been a, quite a while since we've seen her. Like, at least six or so episodes. Probably more. But yeah, that skip it. Not a good episode. Okay, so that is it for this episode of Stasis Pod. But until next week, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up for hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for October, we had a spooktacular Halloween special uh, where we watched an episode of Inhumanoids, uh, another lesser known but uh very fun and weird and cool uh cartoon toy cartoon from the 80s uh have we decided on a november yet i, I do not believe we have no. there's some so. ideas being bandied around uh but there's... we will definitely come up with something someday yes. there will be movies again there's very few thanksgiving themed holiday cartoons that Pretty aren't much. just like Charlie Brown. Yeah, that aren't like Charlie yeah. Brown or Garfield or something. I don't know, man. Garfield might be. That might be interesting. Yeah, that's kind of out of our wheelhouse, but we can always give it a shot. We'll think about it. But yeah, uh, but yeah uh, for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can get access to our new episodes and our back catalog of monthly Patreon specials. Some mm-hmm. really fun stuff in there. It's a, it's a sweet deal. Yes. So until next time, when we uh, find ourselves out of focus, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I need more Minicons. Senpai. They should call him Senpai. Notice me, Senpai. I'm down here. I'm very short. Okay. Okay. Audacity is recording. I think yes. those squiggles are sufficiently large. Yep. Pickle, pickle, gun, pickle. Yeah, that's small, but I have to. Fix we it. are all on the Zencaster, so. Yeah. Yes, I'm waking up. Here we go. Come on.
Uh, yeah, actually, boosting my volume won't be that much of a problem. Since I've had to deal for both of you lately, it's oh. strange, but it's fine. It's better. I think it's better than than when you used to clip a lot and you were really loud, Rob. Hmm. Well, that's good. Like the the new mic has improvements. It's just everyone's quieter. Although, okay, maybe I should maybe not try to boost everyone to. Eh, whatever. Anyway, episode.